Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 414 with G.S. Youngblood, How to Inspire the Trust, Lust, and Devotion of a Strong Man. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. And speaking of woman of value, I have a new book out. It's available on Amazon Kindle and paperback, and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. The book is filled with personal and client stories, expert interviews, some of them from this podcast, and 30 tips and exercises to help you to step more fully into your value and develop the core confidence to thrive in all areas of your life. So I hope that you head over to Amazon and pick one up after you listen to our show. This week's tip on becoming a woman of value is from the book, and it is your past doesn't limit you. We often think um, who we were is who we are. And I, I actually, when I'm dating, I, I don't even want to really hear much about a person's past when I get to know them. Because, you know, I, I once dated a guy who told me he was super athletic when he was younger. And I said, that's great, but what do you do now? <laughs> so, you know, it's really who you are and what you do with your circumstances that matters the most. When you start to make up stories about people based on their past, please just get curious about the present and who they became and what they did with the challenges, because that'll tell you a whole lot more about that person. I just want to let everyone know that I have a fantastic Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And we are a group for women over 40 who are ready to step into their value and to date with more presence, more passion, more empowerment. And it's a place to not just vent. We don't allow that. We are here to grow and to help you go on your last first date. So join us at Your Last First Date. And now for my guest. G.S. Youngblood is the author of The Masculine in Relationship, a Blueprint for Inspiring the Trust, Lust, and Devotion of a Strong Woman. And here's the book. <laughs> He's a coach. He helps men in relationships learn to live, love, and lead from their masculine core. And he specializes in nice guys who want to find their personal power. His teachings combine deep embodiment work with the framework of the masculine blueprint from his book. And his work is based on 12 years as a student and a creator in men's work and authentic relating. He also draws on principles from psychology, martial arts, tango, meditation, and BDSM. What an interesting combination. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sandy. It's great to be here. So what inspired you to write your book? Mm, failure, <laughs> actually. Failure yeah, is a was, good teacher. I was, it was, uh, I was married for 10 years, and that ended about 10 years ago, a little over. And I was married to a strong woman, and I didn't know how to be with that, even though I was very drawn to her, her competence and her worldliness uh, and other qualities. I didn't know how to be with the intense part of her. And, um, you know, nobody, it wasn't meant to be, but nobody wants to have a relationship end, a marriage end, particularly when there's kids involved. And so it, it scarred me in that way. I felt like I had failed in a certain way. And that was my motivation to 
uh, be different, uh, occur in the world uh, differently, to interact with my woman differently. And so um, after that, I, I at some point went into another seven-year relationship with a very strong and feminine woman. And that was the laboratory of uh, seeing what worked, what didn't, what opened her, what brought us closer and created more connection versus what uh, created more separation. And somewhere along the lines, I just started taking notes on principles that I would see and patterns that were repeating. And at some point I had so much material that I thought, wow, I could put this together in a book. And I had published a, a business book about 11 years ago. So I knew that that road of, of publishing and I knew it was something that I enjoyed. And uh, after about five years of work, lo and behold, at the, right at the end of the last year, I published this book and uh, feel very good about the, the reception that it's getting out there. Mm. Well, congratulations on getting mm -hmm. your book out there and most importantly on really looking at what you could do better. I think a lot of people repeat the same mistakes over and over. Mm -hmm. They get into new relationships and wonder what's wrong with everybody else mm -hmm. and don't really take that hard look at themselves. So um, it's confusing right now to be in relationships there's a lot of confusion and um, so can you speak to that and we're going to talk about different things that you learned through your process but let's mm -hmm. let's start with why are men today so confused about how to be in relationship well we've got you know behind us we have you know thousands of years you could say that of male dominance of patriarchy of misogyny whatever you whatever word you want to use um, men sort of being in charge and, and knowing that they were in charge. And that's just kind of how the way it was for thousands of years. And thankfully, the world has, the, has started to change. And it has, and we've gone so far. And I feel hopeful for the world that my daughter will grow up in. Um, but the pendulum is swinging pretty far in a lot of ways. And men have been bombarded with the message that, that we're misogynistic assholes, that we... Uh, any, any form of masculinity is toxic masculinity. And so a lot of men have retreated back into the nice guy mode. You know, I'll be safe. I'll be completely egalitarian. I'll, you know, give her what she wants. And unfortunately, it's swung so far in a lot of cases that um, a lot of men have become that nice guy, that doormat. They don't have opinions, needs, wants. They don't lead in the relationship. They don't create structure and provide direction within the relationship. They just defer. And they think that's what their women want. And they think that's what will bring peace and harmony. And I don't know, in my experience of the women that I know, it's great for a little while. It seems, you know, it seems so easy to be with a man like that. Then at some point they feel something really fundamental and foundational missing. And as they see that he's not a man that, that uh, stands for anything, um, that leads in any way, uh, the attraction starts to wane. It's not fun. You know, it's not fun to be with somebody that's formless or a doormat or a nice guy. Um, I, I can't say that for 100% of people. I'm giving you these generalities that I think apply to a, a large segment of the population. And so that's the problem. The pendulum has swung too far. And men are confused. They actually want to be in their power. You know, they want to feel powerful. They want their woman to respect them. They want to lead the relationship in certain ways. Uh, they have no idea how. And that is what this book is intended to do, is to give them uh, a really understandable framework for what they can do, how they can be in the world, to be in their masculine power. And the model I put out there is a model of a masculine core that I think really does fit today's world. Because we're, we're not trying to roll back the clock to the 1950s and before. 
uh, we're trying to have a model of masculine power that really fits in today's modern world and acknowledges that women are just as powerful as we are in a lot of ways. Women can be out there getting things done just as well as if not better than we can. So how do you have a model that navigates that and allows a man to come into his full power? And that's, that was the art of it. And that's what I hope is, is the unique contribution of this book. Yeah, it's, it's an important discussion. I think mm. that men have changed, women have changed. We, we're all trying to figure out the new normal. And I know from the woman's point of view, and I love hearing the man's point of view. So let's talk about the blueprint in your book to mm. help men with their masculine core. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the blueprint is three parts. And the first is respond versus react. So this is uh, this is the quality of stillness in a man. It's, it's groundedness, it's full presence. Um, and it's, it's a man that is choosing how he interacts with the world rather than just reacting, uh, you know, out, unconscious reaction out of the stimuli that come, out of his old wounds and, and whatnot. And you can feel this. You can feel this in a man probably within five seconds, especially the feminine. The feminine can feel this in a man, you know, almost from across the room without even hearing him talk. You can see the way he just moves. And um, it's, it's not great. It doesn't feel good to be with somebody who's, they're kind of jittery. That's the word I like to use. They just feel jittery in some way. Whether it's they talk too much or they, they gesticulate sort of wildly. Um, they, uh, particularly in relationship, you know, marks of a man who's reactive is they can, they withdraw when their woman gets intense. They'll, they'll get defensive. Defensive was the one I, I talk about all the time. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the killer in relationships. And I, I, the more I do this work, the deeper and deeper I'm going in my understanding of the roots underneath defensiveness. But that's a great example of reactivity. So that's element one is um, how can you actually be more responsive in the world, operate out of choice rather than uh, choice and intention rather than reaction. So in the book, I go through um, how to really get in tune with your emotions because that's, that's part of it. Um, I talk about um, state of threat and what it's like to be in a state of threat and how being in a state of threat is really the source of all non-masculine behavior. And it's a kind of a big, bold point I make in the book and I go into in detail. And then finally, um, embodiment exercises. This is, the, this is the most important thing a man can do is have a daily practice of embodiment exercises. And uh, I teach my clients this, at, we, we spend the first 10 to 15 minutes of every session doing a, a breathing and embodiment exercise. Because what we're doing is training the nervous system to come down a little bit. Because once that happens, you can operate with much more choice and presence in the world. So that's element one. I'll, I'm going to pause because I know that was a long monologue, but that's element one of the blueprint. Uh, this is such an important one. I mean, I teach a course in boundaries and boundaries are, are um, hard to set when you're in fight or flight. And so yeah. when you're always in reaction mode, which, you know, like you said, it's when we don't deal with the wounds, we are reacting instead of coming from a place of presence and calm mm -hmm. and choice. Mm -hmm. And I feel, you know, I see it with my clients as well. You know, when somebody sends a message online and their immediate thing is like, oh my God, he wrote this and he means that and that's his that. He's a jerk. And it's like <laughs> way slow yeah. down. <laughs> the stories just go crazy. Oh my God, the stories. So yes. <laughs> so I love that. And I would actually love if you could share an embodiment exercise with us. Is that something you can do now? Um, 
I can. You mean sort of uh, in real time or just yeah, describe, just describe kind of, of walk stars. us through um, because I think embodiment is is so key for all of us. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we are detached from our bodies. We don't right. really have presence, and so right. I would love to hear that. Yeah, I think the core of what I do is I try to get people tuned into the physical sensations in their body, and this is what I write about in the book. Um, you have you have attention, and you have a finite capacity of your attention. You know where you where you direct it. Sometimes out of choice, and sometimes it just goes where it wants. But you have a finite amount. If you can train yourself to turn that attention to physical sensations in your body, there is naturally no capacity left for it to be on your mind, your stories, your projections, all the places where the mind makes us crazy. And so I, the core practice is to, is to learn to direct your own attention down into your lower body, you know, cause you're already, this is the upper body and you want to get it as far away as possible. And so we do a lot of um, paying attention to physical sensations in the lower body. So I, I teach a particular form of breathing that really emphasizes breathing down as deep in the body as you can. Um, and I teach my clients to tune into that physical sensation of the expansion in their pelvic floor. I teach them to tune into the, the, the weight of their feet on the ground. And so it's a training um, uh, that I walk them through of being able to turn their attention where they want it to go, in this case, in the lower body. And then once I have their attention in their lower body, um, and it's, this is an acquired skill, you know, and they can do it in the moment, but to really have it stick. Uh, it takes a while, but once I have that attention down into the lower body, then I teach, uh, I add on top these relational practices of um, uh, sort of visualizing what it's like to be with the, particularly their partner, because that's going to be the most triggering person. And so with their attention down in their, in their lower body, I then train them in new ways to relate to the other, as I call it. And um, that's the core of the practice. And so without actually going through the narrative of how I would take them down, that's the core of the practice. And it sounds simple. You know, you'd sound like, okay, I, sure, it sounds simple. It's not. <laughs> it's just not. And, and, and I have all kinds of uh, uh, techniques within that to really try to make it much more profound than, than you know, it might sound at the surface level. It's changing my clients. I mean, my clients consistently come back to me and say, yeah, I just, I don't know what's going on. I just feel more relaxed with my wife. And that just brings a smile to my face because you know, it really helps. I can say it's the number one thing for me that's made a difference over the years because my, my nervous system is much calmer than it was years ago. And I, I attribute 80% of that to my daily practice. Yeah, and daily practice is the key. I, I think a lot of people, I was talking to my son about this just this morning that he got a pair of uh, minimalist shoes to walk in, to run in. And over time, when you're walking every day or running every day in these shoes, it can change your gait. It can change your whole physical structure. And I said, you know, he was saying that people who have arthritis, who had gone to physical therapy, nothing else worked, these shoes worked. And I said, it's the daily practice. It's you're, you're in them every single day instead of once a week for 45 minutes. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. the work we do is see a therapist for an hour, see a coach once a week, and then what, you know, do you get homework? Do you do something daily? And so yeah. this is, this is key. And I actually just took a course in positive psychology and every single day we had, uh, we had an app that 
would remind us to do these exercises that were grounding three times a day. Yeah. So we could do it for a minute, two minutes, five minutes, yeah. however you choose, but that they all had to do with going back into breathing, into physical right. sensation, feeling your feet on the floor. I mean, they're all so key to having a better life, really. It's so true. It's so true. And you know, the problem is if you try to go the behavioral route of like, okay, I'm going to be a certain way, I'm going to behave a certain way, you'll just chase your tail forever because you can never anticipate all the circumstances that'll arise completely out of the blue. This is what you and I are talking about is going lower. We're going below the cognitive, down to the nervous system level. And it, once you do that, you just settle the nervous system, everything becomes easier magically. You don't even have to try. It just is. You're more present. You're less reactive. Um, you are more tuned into your lover. And it's just, it, it is like magic. Now, it's not magic, but it is like magic because it just works. So I encourage every man and every, well, women too, but obviously I speak to men mostly um, <laughs> to have a daily practice. And for your audience, you know, um, you know, as they're trying to date and find somebody that's compatible, somebody that has a daily practice, like that says something about that person in, in a lot of ways. Could be a good sign. Yeah. No, I have people who are dating and I have people who are married and people who are in relationships. Uh, mm. I've had people reach out to me to say, I'm married and your podcast makes a difference. So yeah. you never know who this is going to touch. And I think this is, this is a fabulous practice. So let's go to number two. Uh, okay. So the second part of the blueprint is provide structure. And, you know, this is the quality of a man who um, he has clarity, not, first of all, about what he wants, you know, and that's, that's actually one of the things that most men have a let atrophy is like, what are your wants and preferences? And what are your needs? What are your boundaries? Most particularly, what will you not stand for? Most men have let go of all of that. And it's like, hey, whatever you want to do, honey. And, um, you know, it's just like happy wife, happy life. Uh, I got to go ask the boss. Like all those are, you know, they're phrases we all know, but they, underneath they belie, I think a lot of pain in men because they know they've sort of lost their power. And even though they kind of make it a joke, um, they know deep down, they don't actually feel in charge of their own life. Uh, so they make jokes about having to defer to their, to their, to their woman. And I say, look, the antidote is, Antidote is not like I'm going to be in charge and tell her what to do. That's ridiculous. The antidote is go through a practice of, of like getting in touch with your own desires. And that's what chapter 10 in the book is about. It's around really starting to tune into what you want. And it's just a muscle you, you rebuild back up, just like you would a calf muscle after you, you know, had a knee injury. You just build that muscle back up. So, you know, a man who's providing structure has to start with what do I want? What do I prefer? Where do I want to take myself and us and our relationship and our life together? So that's step one. But then providing direction, clarity, um, structure to the relationship. And, you know, the, the, the one example I always give is about like, well, what do you want to go to dinner? And instead of letting that just ping pong back and forth, you can actually bring, bring a little more clarity to the table. But, you know, maybe it's um, for the couple, it's like, hey, where will we go vacation this year? you know, the two of us or us with the kids. And instead of a guy saying, you know, I don't know, whatever you want to do, honey, what do you want to do? You know, he might say, you know what? I actually looked up three different places. So there's Italy, there's Croatia, and there's Slovenia, you know? And we've always wanted to go to that part of the world. And I looked up flights and it looks like we can, you know, here's the prices for each of these three options. Here are some of the fun things to do in each of those countries. And this is what I think it'll cost uh, to do that, you know? 
take now with that, these three options, honey, you know, what do you think? So that for her, and I, I want to actually, we'll test drive on you, Sandy, but you know, for the feminine, I just can imagine this. It's like, ah, oh, oh, thank you. You know, you didn't, you didn't come in and try to steamroll me, but you came in and you kind of simplified the wide open world of choice down into a few things. And then you gave me, you know, I'm still the feminine here. And you gave me the option to pick one of those, which, which, you know, makes my life easier. I could still say, I don't like any of those. I, you know, I still have that right. But you know, the, the, the man in that case has simplified his, his woman's world. And anytime you can simplify your woman's world, I contend that that allows her just to relax a little bit back into her more feminine nature. And I, you know, I know I'm projecting my own preferences, but I think most guys enjoy their woman more in, in, in times of intimacy in her feminine energy rather than her masculine energy. Like we don't want to be, we want to be with our dude friends. If we want masculine energy, I don't want that with my, you know, partner. Uh, when we're having times of intimacy. Now, if we're trying to plan out something serious or we have a business together, like, yeah, I need her in our masculine energy. But when we're being intimate, uh, not intimate physically, but intimate emotionally, then, you know, that's, that's going to allow her to relax into that feminine energy. So that's a man who's, who's uh, setting direction in the relationship by simplifying these choices. Now, you could take it even further. And, and in the example I always give is it's a very simple one of just like, baby, I'm taking you out to dinner tonight. Put on that red dress that you know I like and be ready at seven. And she's like, well, where are we going? No, I'll let you know, baby. You're going to like it. Don't worry. Be ready at seven. And then she can just be like, okay, I'll just surrender into that, you know? And occasionally that feels pretty good too. And you could extend that out into the bedroom, you know, like uh, a woman wants to be attuned to physically, of course, but you know, if, if the man can skillfully take charge once in a while, it doesn't have to be all the time, but take charge in the bedroom once in a while, like, I don't know a woman that I know who hasn't said that that would feel pretty damn good. And in fact, sadly with my clients, um, a lot of the wives are really complaining that he has no capacity to do that. And they don't feel, they feel highly underwhelmed by their sex life because of that. And, um, and you know, this is why I teach a, a workshop in what I call dark energy. You know, it's, it's taking these guys from the nice guy energy into more of the darker energies that they can bring to bear where appropriate. Um, and having great reception from their wives as a result as well. So, you know, that's a lot about setting direction, providing structure. Um, I'll give one more example, you know, so providing structure, you know, it could even be as, you know, let's say you're in a fight with your, with your partner and, you know, both of you are feeling pretty shut down at this point and you just kind of like, you, you just don't even want to deal with each other. You know, a man who's providing masculine leadership in the relationship might say, you know what, baby, timeouts. We are just going at each other. I think that we need to take a 20 minute break or a two hour break or whatever. Let's come back in an hour. And then, you know what we're going to do it right at the, we're going to tell each other the three things that we like about each other first. And then we can continue this conversation because I don't think this is taking us in a, in a healthy place. So he's providing some structure to how they fight in the moment, you know, and he's not just kind of like, saying screw this and withdrawing or waiting for it to blow over. He's actually being proactive in creating some structure about how they would fight. And to me, that's masculine leadership. That's what I want men to bring to the relationship rather than just sort of hanging back and waiting for fights to blow over, for instance. Okay. That was a lot. So that was all about <laughs> provide structure. I'm going to pause again because I, I know that was a bit of a monologue. I appreciate the pause and I appreciate <laughs> the information. <laughs> 
So structure is so important. And I can speak from the feminine that the strong women that I work with and that I am love a man with a plan. You know, a man who doesn't just say whatever you want. Even just to say, listen, uh, planning a first date could be as simple as, hey, listen, I'll come to you. Um, Do you want coffee or ice cream? I mean, just two choices, like simple like that, that would, that would make me thrilled rather than what usually happens, which is, I don't know, what do you want to do? Are you free? You want to call me next week? (laughs) It's just like, no, you know, and another thing is that I have encouraged my clients to ask for what they want, you know, to say, I like when, like I, I run a business. I am always making decisions. And when it comes to my romantic life, I like when a man plans. I like when a man takes charge. Yeah. You've got to, we both have to communicate these things. And I think women often don't say what they want, you know, so we can take responsibility and provide men without having them mind read. Um, <laughs> I have to tell you a funny story real quick. Uh, when I was married, I used to ask my husband to step into his masculine more often he had no idea how to do that and he one time (laughs) he he surprised me so he did just what you said but he set it up so badly that um so i'll tell you how it worked and i I tried to be encouraging but he he surprised me had a babysitter show up at the house without any warning i was still nursing one of my children so i hadn't yet nursed her i hadn't made dinner I was had no warning whatsoever and she shows up and he goes get dressed we're leaving we're going into the city and I said I love that you surprised me yeah and I need more warning (laughs) what I what surprised me looks like is seven o'clock be ready in that red dress that would have made me really happy but to have her show up at the door was like whoa I don't know what to do with this and so he got very shut down we ended up going out. We didn't go to the city. We we did something else fun, but it took him a long time to recover because he was yeah. so his ego was hurt. Right. Yeah. This is I, this is the you know the word that comes to mind, Cindy, is attunement, and that's something I talk about in the book. You know, it's if you're going to lead, you better be attuned to your woman. Just like if you lead an organization, you better be attuned to your people. And he was. It doesn't sound like he was attuned to your needs. And you know the the problem is men like that. Sorry, I, wanna, I don't want to say that because I don't know. Situations like that, he'll do that and then you'll be upset with him, you know, temporarily. And, and then he'll feel like get all hurt and he won't try it ever again. And I don't yes. know that he did or didn't, but he I, didn't. I know so many men that they're like, oh, I tried that once. It didn't work. I'm never going to do that again. And yes. that is the spin cycle a lot of guys get themselves into. And it's horrible. It's horrible. It's yeah, crazy. that's why I tried to explain the part that I liked, the fact that he took initiative, the fact that he hired the babysitter. I love that. And I said, you know, it's not that you did a bad thing. It's that I need more warning. And he still couldn't, he he really couldn't couldn't get get it. it. Couldn't get past it. It's too bad. And that's his, that's his reactivity. And were he to, were he to have had a daily practice for a few years, he probably would have handled that differently. He wouldn't have gotten so butt hurt as we call it yeah no and it's all the wounds and you know and it's not our job to fix other people's wounds but yeah. it's it is our job to help ourselves first yeah. and yeah. so i love that you're helping the men who who realize that these these are important steps to have the best relationships they can have 
Yeah. So that brings us to step three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, create safety. And um, this is the most important one uh, in my book. I, you know, I, I think, I think it's common knowledge. I don't even, it's not me saying this. I just think it's common knowledge that a woman opens most when she feels trust for her man and she feels safe and she doesn't open emotionally or physically, sexually, if she feels a lack of trust and a lack of safety in the moment. And it's the number one thing that I think guys don't understand. One, they don't even know what it means. And two, they're, they're, they still don't get how she can become, you know, not, you know, not interested in sex and critical and irritable so fast, but it's really, it's because she probably doesn't trust you or doesn't feel safe with you. So uh, in this section, we're talking about physical, financial, and emotional safety. And I don't talk about physical and financial that much, but we do talk about emotional safety a lot. And um, this, is, this is what I've learned. And unfortunately, I've learned it the hard way, um, you know, partially through the end of my last relationship. Uh, and if you don't, if you as a man don't attend to the connection first, everything is really hard. Everything you're woman will be really hard. If she's not feeling connected to you, everything's going to be a, a lot harder. She's going to be in a, such a state that um, you will find it challenging to be around her. And now, of course, I'm, I'm making a generalization, but I think it applies to most of the situations. So I really am, and I'm encouraging men, and I'm also developing my own state of the art about how to actually, how I and other men can do this. But the first thing you'll always do is tune in. Does she feel connected or is there some impairment in some way? You know, did I forget to get the milk and she feels like I sort of dropped her from my attention? Did I, um, did I not follow through on something I said I would do? Have I been careless or not made space for her emotions? You know, is there something that's impairing this connection? And I teach guys to just tune into that first. And if it's not, be like, hey, wait a minute, baby, like something feels off. You know, I just, I, is there something going on for you? I'd love to, I'd love to really put that out in the light. And so I say, you know, men, just if she, if you hear her crabbing at you, uh, criticizing you, that's your, that's your red flag. Just pause for a second and say, hey, baby, what's, what's going on? I know you've got a, it just feels like you've got a little bit of an edge and I want to, want to be responsive to you. And so if they can actually bring that out on the table first proactively where she doesn't have to. You address it, and hopefully you do so skillfully, and I can share ways that I would recommend. But if you can address it skillfully, then she relaxes, and things get so much easier. You know, you get her smile back. And that is, I, I don't know if women know this, that is all we want. We want you happy with us, because we care about you. We want you to be happy, and, you, and we want you to be happy with us. Like, that's this really overriding driver for a lot of our male behavior. And so when you're disappointed with us, it freaks us out. You know, it really freaks us out. We, we really can't tolerate your disappointment very well unless we've done our work. So anyway, um, uh, anyway, so that's, that's, a that's a little bit, just Sandy, that's a little bit about emotional safety. And I've got a whole chapter. You, you haven't gotten to it yet. I know because you said you hadn't quite finished, but it's the second to last chapter. And it's, it's a number of ways that you can respond when your woman is feeling upset or she's in emotional chaos. And, and we can go into those in a second, but I'll just pause there for a second. Yeah, I love this because, uh, I mean, I, I hear it from women all the time. They don't feel safe emotionally. And then it leads to fear and often ending the relationship. It's like, well, if you don't love me, then goodbye. <laughs> you know, I'm going to end it first, you know, and and uh, I dated a guy a, a while ago who 
it was very, uh, very overtly sexual right away. And, um, and I spoke to him about safety. I, I actually said, um, I had just written an article about what the number one thing is that women want from men and it's to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Oh, absolutely. And I said, yeah, I, I don't feel safe with you. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, said, like, he said, what? What do you mean? He was like, I oh, know. I totally get it. Totally get it. Yeah. I'll never see you again. <laughs> it was just like, if I wasn't going to sleep with him and do a booty call, oh, it yeah. wasn't happening. Yeah. But I was just like, that's not who I am. You know, there is absolutely, we didn't build anything here and right. that's what I'm looking for. So, yeah. you know, have a good life. That's good. Yeah. Go find somebody who'll do that. But there are people who really want that. And so they, and they don't know how. Mm-hmm. So it, how, yeah, you said you would share some ways that, that we can build that safety. Yeah. Um, I think my response will be, um, uh, around emotional safety, not really, not necessarily related to sexuality, but I have a whole list in the book. And, um, the number one thing that a man needs to respond to is a woman's emotional chaos is empathy. And most guys don't even know what empathy means to be honest. And I was in that boat too. So I'm not excluding myself at some phase of my life. Um, but you know, for the men, empathy is, it's actually just to feel what it's like to be in her shoes. It's not to understand what it's like, like mentally, it's actually to, to feel it and just pause for a second. And, you know, what is it like to, you know, be a woman who, uh, whose man didn't follow through on what he said he would do. Like, I'll, you know, I'll call the plumber for you or whatever, whatever it is. And, and then that doesn't happen. He doesn't follow through and she's got a little bit of an ouch. And so there's probably bigger examples that would be more applicable, but, you know, a man responding with empathy is is really the number one thing that you've got to do and you don't have to do anything you don't have to fix it it's like it's actually pretty nice because you're not necessarily required to fix anything or take even the blame for anything all you have to do is feel what it's like to feel what she's expressing and then somehow reflect that back to her and um you know this is really important i have a lot of clients i actually have a a good friend too and and the, (laughs) the women say like i can't feel you you know they're responding to her chaos in some way and they have these clever things to say and she's just like i can't feel you and it just does not land for her at all and it's because the man hasn't gone into empathy he's gone into analysis you know and so i coach we literally do role plays in our sessions with men of like how to actually convey that you feel through your voice And, and and i'm trying to teach them to feel actually underneath but then convey it through the voice okay so that's number one empathy um can i just speak to that for a minute yeah yeah i I think i love this because getting into fixing mode is is one of the things that pisses women off so much but i do it too i mean i'm a coach i'm always analyzing everything Mm -hmm. and i I, i'm like connecting the dots in my head and so i have to make a conscious effort to reflect and be empathic and my son keeps me honest we we walk every day and he's like Mom, I need a little empathy before you go into solution. (laughs) But being able to even say that, you know, I appreciate your feedback. And what I really need right now is just for you to be present with me. Mm -hmm. You know, give me a little feedback. What did you hear? You know, (laughs) and it's, I think we can teach each other, but it's, it's rare that people are in that position where they have the skill set to be able to do that and the safety to do that. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's an, it's definitely an acquired skill for men. I think you know women kind of get it mostly naturally. Um, even even well, I think you're a, you're a mix of masculine and feminine, so it comes out probably when your masculine energy is dominant. But I, I suspect you know your feminine side would be more naturally able to provide empathy. You know, for us, we don't have we don't have quite the balance that most modern women have, and so we have to practice at empathy, and it's tough. It's definitely tough. I have a question for you about uh, hormones and how they shift uh, when people age. Mm. Uh, something I found fascinating as I, I deal with women who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, mm -hmm. 40s. Uh, but my understanding is that hormones almost are more similar as we age. They become more similar. So men, men are, can access more of their emotions than they could maybe when they were in, you know, in their 20s and 30s. And women are often like going after the careers that they wanted later in life. And yeah. so the masculine and feminine is kind of all more balanced, but also a little confusing. So what has been your experience with people as they age? Um, so my, I'm trying to think if I should say experience or understanding, maybe it doesn't matter, but my experience has been that women who get into their uh, late, late forties and into fifties and they're going through menopause, they, I feel a little uncomfortable being a man speaking about women's physiology. So just, this is just my take that part. There is something biologically and chemically within them where that need to care for everybody else starts to recede and their ability to really start thinking about themselves starts to come up. And I think that's where they, then they start to pursue those careers that they never had. Then they, then it's, it occurs like more masculine energy, so they seem more balanced. So to me, that's what's happening on the, on the female side, and I don't pretend to be an expert on, on that. Um, for the men, yeah, you know, we either, <laughs> we either get smart through having done it the wrong way, you know, often maybe a divorce happens and we realize, like, I can't do it like I did. I've got to be, you know, she left me because I wasn't in tune with my emotions. And so we learn, I think, sometimes we learn. Sometimes we just give up on leading because we've we don't know how to do it successfully so we failed so we we become a nice guy so it looks like we're more in touch with our emotions and we are in some ways but it's also that we've given up on any kind of leadership um, and just become sort of a an older nice guy um, so it looks like more balance in that case um, hopefully more of the former than the latter of those two examples but i don't know that's that's my take on why and the, you know the problem is that if we both get balanced at age 50 I don't know. We're let's. We might miss out on that dance, that masculine feminine dance. And you could be fifty, you could be sixty, you could be seventy, and still have that. And um, yeah. you know, I, I hope that I do, and I hope my clients do. Yeah, I think we and we need to keep the polarity alive because yeah. when we become too similar, we become unattracted. Yeah, exactly. Unattractive and unattracted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yuck. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so as we reach the end, I, I mean, there's so much more to say, but um, uh, I think I just would love to hear one, one more important piece that you want our listeners to hear about the book. Like what's, what's one of the, the big principles that you want everyone to know? I'm going to give two. They're both pretty easy to, to share. Number one is that things can be different. 
even when it seems like it's very bleak and you can't stand this other person and they don't see you and get you and you know they're criticizing you actually things can be different and this is the path polarity is the path and if you've given up on your relationship or your marriage you know maybe before you do or before you pull the plug um this is a road you want to explore obviously you're going to need both people playing uh in a lot of cases but um not always maybe you just actually that leads me to my second point so i'll just munge the two together <laughs> but um this is for the men but I, you know you could you could modify it for the women but i i speak to men so i'll just make my point there is stop waiting for her to change you know i i even just last night i was with a friend and he was sort of saying that oh she's got to do x y and z you know to fix herself and I just think it, it may be true, but it's an excuse. Stop waiting for her to change. Stop blaming it on her in your mind because that's making you passive. When you change, she'll change. So when you step more into your masculine power, you know, a la the blueprint, I guarantee you a lot of your relationship problems will go away. And it starts with just stop waiting for her and just say, you know what? I'm going to take this upon myself and I'm going to follow the blueprint or whatever path you take. If you start bringing more of that masculine energy, I guarantee a lot of your relationship problems will magically go away. So things can be different and you are the solution. Whether or not you're the problem, you are the solution. It's so true. It's so wise. It's, mm -hmm. I think that we often live these passive lives where we play victim. Yeah. And it's once you know that you can step into your power and take your power back and yeah. by changing who you are people around you have to change i mean they just do they they often don't know what to do with you <laughs> but they do they do naturally shift and change and i can speak for myself after having done this work and after my divorce and even with my children where they were used to seeing me in a certain role very passive in the house just to keep the peace and now it's like i'm stepping into my power i'm running my business you can't just ask me to go do everything for you anymore. We're all part of a team. You know, there were new agreements and they respected my boundaries. They didn't like it at first, but then they, they came back to me and they all ended up moving in with me full time, even though we had shared joint custody because they liked the structure that I put in place. They liked that I was setting boundaries yep. and they learned to do it for themselves. That's my greatest joy is seeing my kids take it and play, pay it forward. And so this work, it ripples, you know, once we do the work, everybody else benefits. And if, it, it. if they don't, you know, and if they don't, then they're not really meant to be in your life, really. Yep, yep. it's like, true. Not, yeah, not with your kids, but with a spouse. Yeah, and this work, I love it, because I had the same experience, you know, this work in, uh, in the relationship space has made amazing difference in my life like my dating life is very different than it was before you know because of the work i've done but it's also played out i'm more successful in business i feel like i'm a better parent you know these things as you said have these ripple effects that's the mm. one of the nice things awesome well thank you so much gs for coming on the show um let us know how our audience can reach you get your book and if you have anything free to offer everybody let us mm. know yeah, uh, the website's the best place to go, gsyoungblood.com. You can get on my mailing list, which I really encourage because you can get heads up on new offerings, new courses, online courses or workshops in person that I'm putting on. Um, 
I, on the website, you can buy premium content. You can see more videos of me and uh, other people that I'm interviewing. You get a lot of information on the website and buy a lot of content. Um, Facebook, I have a Facebook page, GS Youngblood One. And for the men, there's also a discussion group called the Masculine in Relationship that you can uh, get on. And we really try to support each other uh, through real life uh, problems that the men are having. And then Instagram, GS Youngblood, MIR. Those are, those are all the ways. And then a YouTube channel as well. So that has all the videos. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show and for doing this, this work. It's so important. And if everybody really reads your book and does this work, what a, an amazing world we would have. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And sorry, Sandy, I just forgot one thing. Uh, I do three free 30 minute coaching sessions with people. So you can go on the website and get information about that. But thank you for having me on the show. This is a lot of fun. I really appreciated your facilitation and uh, I enjoyed myself. Well, my pleasure. <laughs> but thank you everybody for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review us. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. Bye.